and welcome to the Toddcast. Uh, I don't know what it's like where you are as you're listening to this, but right now, recording this, it's the 21st of January in Central Ohio, and it is cold as hell. Um, we were supposed to have some sort of snowpocalypse over the weekend, uh, which thankfully didn't quite happen. Um, it got wet, it got a little icy, there was some snow, the roads are not great, but not what I would consider snowpocalypse levels, which is, you know, a good thing. Um, it did, however, get to just absolutely ridiculous levels of cold. Um, actual temperatures in the negatives, uh, I want to say it got down to like negative 9 or negative 10 last night. Um, and it's still pretty cold right now. The, uh, the thermometer on the uh, dashboard of the car says 15 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Uh, I will let you international folk who use the smarter metric system uh, do the conversion yourselves. Something about five-ninths or nine-fifths of something. You add 32. I don't remember. Um, point being, it's below freezing. It is considerably below freezing. Um, so, hopefully... You guys can't hear the car heater going. Uh, that's not being picked up. Uh, if it is, I apologize. Um, so, what are we going to talk about today? Um, because I am such a huge fan of the marriage of opposites, and because it is so cold, uh, I think it's I think it's time for another one of Todd's fire stories. Uh, it's been a while since I've uh, let you all in on some glorious, humorous tales of things that I've caught on fire as a young person. Um, so we'll, we'll go that route. Um, just, just for giggles. Um, I guess let me preface this with, uh, the following story is intended for entertainment value only. Uh, it is not meant to inspire anyone, uh, to perform any acts of arson or vandalism. Uh, and I do not condone such activities. Um, this story takes place in the early 90s. Uh, I'm thinking I was probably 16 or 17 at the time. So young and dumb definitely apply. Um, and so if you are also young, I encourage you to not be dumb and, and don't, don't do what, uh, what I did back in the day. Uh, but enjoy the tale in its own merits and live vicariously through my youth. Um, I guess also a, a little bit of background. Um, as you, you may recall, uh, for those of you who've listened to previous podcasts, um, I was an avid player of the Dungeons and Dragons role-playing game in my youth. Um, much to the chagrin, disappointment, and, uh, frankly, you know, disapproval um, of my parents, um, such that I was basically not allowed to play. Uh, it was, it was strictly forbidden. Um, and so therefore the, you know, hanging around a table, telling stories and occasionally rolling dice that I would do with my friends, uh, had to take place, you know, off site, so to speak. I was, was not able to do that at home. Uh, so we had, we had to go to, you know, various friends' houses to play. Um, among my group, 
there were a couple of us that kind of fell into that, uh, you know, we really aren't supposed to be playing this, we're not technically allowed um, category. Uh, there were a couple of us who were, you know, had parents who were, what? That doesn't make any sense. You guys are just sitting around a table talking and occasionally rolling dice. That's ridiculous. Of course you can do that in our house. Um, and so, uh, that's an important piece of information as, as a backdrop to this tale. Uh, as it primarily takes place outside the home of, um, what could, for lack of a better word, be considered, you know, a safe house uh, for our activities. Um, like I said, it was, I was young, uh, I can't remember necessarily what, what, uh, what year it was, what month, or even what season, truth be told. Uh, I know it wasn't super cold, uh, I want to say it was probably fall or spring, as I think that we were all in school, uh, at the time. Uh, but we had, uh, a group of us had, uh, made plans one Friday night, uh, to get together at Ron's house, uh, for a, for a good old game of D&D, uh, playing into the wee hours. I want to say that arrangements were made for it to be a sleepover type situation, so we could pull the, the classic all-nighter, uh, eating pizza, rolling dice, uh, you know, slaying dragons, getting their treasure, going up levels, etc., etc. It was going to be awesome. Um, and so we were playing to meet up at Ron's. Uh, I, in a, if memory serves, Ron Ron was working uh, that day. Uh, I believe it was after school, but he was supposed to get off at you know, I, I, 9, 10, whatever. At some point that evening, and we were all going to you know meet up at his house uh, to play. So, uh, myself and, and four other folk... Um, you know, tooled around, killed time, you know, hung out, whatever, uh, until it was getting close to the point at which, uh, you know, we knew we could, we could go to Ron's and, and meet up and play. Uh, keep in mind that this all took place in an era that predates, uh, commonplace cell phone usage. Um, so all of this had to be planned, you know, in advance, based on, you know, rough timetables, based on what we were expecting. Uh, none of this real-time, you know, text me when you're done, we'll head over. Um, you know, for sake of argument, let's say he got done work at 9, and he's like, it'll take me about a half hour to meet, meet, meet up at my place at around 9.30, sort of. Um, so we did, and I want to say we showed up a bit early, uh, just because... We'd done all of the meaningful, you know, running around Martin's Ferry that we could do, wasting time, and figured, well, if we're all just going to stand around, you know, shooting the breeze and not doing anything useful, we might as well do it on the location so that when he does show up, we can jump straight to him. Um, so like I said, there was, uh, it was me, four other guys, uh, hanging outside of Ron's house, and, uh, we could tell... From, from the outside that, you know, folks were home. Uh, you could see through, you know, you couldn't see through the front window because there were curtains in the way, but you could see light, uh, the flickering of the television and so forth. So you knew someone was home. Uh, we just knew it wasn't Ron. Uh, Ron lived with his, uh, his mom and his siblings. Uh, she was a, you know, a working mother. Um, her mom, she had a boyfriend. 
that we generally didn't get along with that well. I mean, it's, you know, an older dude that isn't really his dad. There's not really a whole lot to have in common. And, you know, we didn't necessarily have anything against him or vice versa. It's just, eh, do you really want to hang out with your friend's mom's boyfriend? The answer is probably no. Um, and so, you know, we get there and we see, okay, somebody's home. Um, we're really not into hanging out with his siblings. And if it is his mom and or the boyfriend, eh, you know, when Ron gets here, we'll go in, we'll do our obligatory highs and then vanish upstairs and not see anybody. And that'll be great. So we're, we're just going to hang outside. Um, and so that's what we do. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of kicking it. We're, we're, we're you know, the, I, I guess I should mention that Ron's house was, was in town. Uh, not, you know, the heart of downtown. It's on the north side of Martin's Ferry. Uh, you know, there are plenty of houses and such, but it's not like it's, you know, a kick-in, you know, high-life, not, you know, nightlife activity space. Not, not a whole lot of foot traffic. Um, and we didn't want to hang out on the porch because we're making noise and somebody was bound to come out and we didn't want to bother them, as previously mentioned. So, um, we were kind of hanging out in the street. Um, and there's not, like I said, not a lot of traffic at that point in the night. Um, we're all just kind of hanging around, you know, off or whatever. Um, and so, again, as previously mentioned on the podcast, um, in those days, I was a bit of a firebug. Um, I just liked setting things on fire and watching fire. It wasn't just, you know, I didn't want to burn things. It wasn't, you know, destructive. It's just fire's cool, you know, um, go to any given campfire and look, it's, fire is awesome. Um, and I was very much into that. Uh, so we're, you know, hanging out, you know, whatever. Um, and at one point, uh, on Ron's porch, we saw, you know, a box of miscellaneous stuff. Uh, and it was stuff that was apparently used in some sort of vehicle maintenance. Uh, I am not going to pretend that I know a whole lot about mechanics and cars, even now, uh, you know, having owned a few, and I, I can do some basic stuff, uh, you know, I, I can change oil if I need to, I can change a tire, uh, if it comes down to it, I can, you know, regap spark plugs and, and, you know, do that sort of thing, but you start getting too much more into it and I get lost, um, and especially at that age, you know, before I had a license or any real interest in cars. I, all I know is it was a box of stuff that somebody was doing something with a car with. I couldn't tell you what the, the pieces were. Because um, I probably couldn't have identified them at the time. And therefore I don't remember them now. Uh, I just know that it was something, you, know, you look in the box and it's like, oh, this is stuff people were doing, you know, car things with. Um, amongst the items, uh, and this is the key bit, uh, was a, a can, like an aerosol, you know, can type situation, um, of engine starter fluid, uh, and I'm, I'm checking it out, because, you know, as a firebug, anything that comes in a spray can, yeah, there's, there's a fair chance that thing's flammable, and it could be fun, uh, so I'm checking it out, and by golly, if there weren't giant warnings all up and down the side of it, extremely flammable, explosive, blah, 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 this stuff will, you know, 
explode and kill ya, you know, warnings, which of course meant, oh, this is going to be excellent to set stuff on fire with. We should obviously play with this. Uh, again, kids, don't, don't do this at home or anywhere else. It's a terrible idea. Um, but, you know, I see it at the time and think, hey, you know, it would be awesome. Uh, if I were to take this and spray it somewhere and then light it on fire. Um, cause even as a youth, uh, despite the WD-40 whisk broom flamethrower combo I had tried, uh, previously, generally speaking, I was smart enough to know not to spray stuff out of a can directly into a fire, cause the fire could chase back to the can, which would then explode in your hand, and then you don't have a hand anymore, and life becomes a whole, um, whole lot harder, and I wasn't keen on that. So the plan was to spray it somewhere and, you know, set it on fire. Um, so I take the can, uh, and, you know, kind of mosey away from the, the house a little bit, um, and say, you know, let's, 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 let's see how this goes. Just, just a, just a tiny little, little, little itty bitty little spray, uh, there on the sidewalk. Um, you know, a puddle, I, I don't know, the size of a 50 cent piece, maybe. Well, and, and that's it. Light it on fire. Um, and it, it lights up and it lights up with a, a just beautiful blue flame. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to get blue flame in a lot of cases. You know, your stove will do it if you got a gas stove, but that's because it's natural gas and it's cranking out, you know, pretty hot. But your average fire, you light a match, you light a campfire, what have, you know, you set papers on fire. It's, it's your standard yellow, orange, red type fire. Uh, something that'll give you blue, that, that's, that's, that's fairly special, uh, if you're into setting stuff on fire. Um, so I, you know, I was like, oh, that's awesome. And, you know, the other guys were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that is pretty awesome. Um, and so, uh, I guess at this point, I should also throw another quick, um, sort of clarifying background statement to you, uh, before I continue. And that is that, um, I guess the reason I was not allowed to play the Dungeons and Dragons as a youth, uh, was because, uh, at that time in our history, uh, there was a significant portion of the population, uh, mainly Christian evangelicals, uh, who felt that the game was, you know, a tool of Satan, uh, and that ranged from, this is legitimately a recruitment tool by Satanists, all the way to, hey, it's a game, but it's, you know, the, the, the characters are casting spells, and, you know, they're, they're devils in the books, therefore that's not exactly, you know, pure and holy, um, and this is something that should be avoided. Um, but the general gist is, is, you know, my, my, my mom fell into the category that was a firm believer that, you know, um, Dungeons and Dragons was evil and would, uh, you know, coerce me to join forces with Satan. Um, I'd like to throw out that that is, you know, patently untrue. Um, as mentioned, if you sit around the table telling stories, um, you don't actually learn any actual magic or, you know, try to contact or make pacts with any demons or devils. Um, and frankly, anyone I've ever played with who has 
shown even an interest in trying to do those things are folks that we immediately shun and do not, you know, let become part of our game group because that's not what we're into it for. Um, you, you know, your character cast might be a wizard and cast spells, uh, but under no circumstances did any of us intend to, you know, try and follow that path in real life. Uh, there are devils and demons in the, in the books, but they're there as, you know, adversaries, as foes. You, you, you know, defeat the demons, uh, you know, for the sake of good, um, because you're the heroes. Um, you know, it's the same reason there are orcs and dragons and any number of other, you know, evil creatures in the books. It's so you can, you know, beat them as part of your adventure. Um, that said, uh, because of the regular sort of juxtaposition of Dungeons and Dragons uh, and evil um, in, the, in the culture at the time, um, even though that wasn't our bag and what we were into and we knew better, uh, you know, there's an element of youth where you, you just kind of, you know, where you're rebelling and you say, well, I know this isn't it, but I'm going to pretend like it is just to, just to make a mockery of it, to show you how, how ridiculous this is. I'm going to play into it because it's funny sort of a thing. Um, and it is in that general sort of, um, frame of mind um, and sense of purpose that, uh, the next step of our story involves me taking the can of engine starter fluid and going into the middle of the street and basically drawing out, uh, a 10 to 15 foot diameter pentagram or pentacle, depends how you're looking at it, uh, in the middle of the street with the engine starter fluid. Uh, again, not actually trying to summon devils or be demonic or evil, but ha ha ha, uh, I've got a thing and I'm going to, you know, draw a big flaming something in the middle of the street. Um, oh, the sweet irony, thought my 16-year-old brain. Uh, I'll do a pentagram. Um, not the wisest of choices. Uh, certainly not helping my, you know, my story in saying that D&D is an evil. Um, but then again, you know, if you're going to draw something big and circular in the middle of the street and catch it on fire, you know, there are only so many options. Um, a smiley face? Sure, you could do that, but that's not very exciting or fun. Uh, plus you then have to worry about lighting, you know, at a minimum four elements two eyes, a mouth, and then the outer circle. Uh, whereas a pentagram is all self-contained and, and connected to itself. Um, you can do a peace sign, I suppose, uh, which again is sort of an awkward statement uh, to do with fire. Um, Star of David is just not an option um, because that just is wrong um, and comes across as anti-Semitic and that is absolutely not something we're on board with. Uh, not then, not now, not ever. Um, you know, so a pentagram was what was decided, um, and, and executed. Uh, I drew out, like I said, it was probably a good 10, 15 feet in diameter. You know, you, you draw yourself a big old star, you put a big old circle around it. Um, side note, 
for those who are not aware, because uh, I made the distinction earlier, just so everyone's clear. A pentagram is when you have a star inside of a circle, and it, uh, it points downward. That's a pentagram. A pentacle is the same thing, except the star is pointing up. Um, both of which are used in, you know, various forms of mysticism and the occult. Uh, the pentagram is specifically associated, you know, with evil and the devil and Satan and so forth. Uh, pentacles you can find all over the place, uh, you know, in, in sort of mythological, um, environments. Uh, I mean, if, if you've ever seen a, a tarot card deck, one of the suits is pentacles. Uh, the thing that you'll notice is that all of those little, you know, stars inside a circle, all those stars point up. Um, some would argue that one is the good version, one's the bad version. It, it's all, it doesn't matter. Um, point being, it's a star inside a circle. Most people, when they see it, um, I guess most Americans, I, I don't know how other cultures view it, but uh, most Americans, you see a star in a circle, you say pentagram, you say, ah, Satan. Okay, that's what these people are all about. Anywho, we draw the big old circle, um, big old pentagram in the middle of the street. And when I say we, I'm gonna take credit. I'm gonna take you know credit or blame as as appropriate. I, I drew that thing out there, um, and I do this, and uh, you know all the other guys are, are kind of around. You know they're there. They want to you know see what's going on. Um, and obviously no one's going to be standing in the thing. I'm about to set it on fire, and it's, you know, this, this you know, blue flame. Nobody wants to be set on fire. Uh, we might like to set things on fire, but we don't want to be on fire ourselves. Um, so, uh, you know, we're all on the outer edges of it, you know, kind of around it, if you will. Um, and we're looking at it, and there's a moment where all of us are kind of standing there like, okay, you just drew this out, Todd. But are you really? Are we really going to light this? Are we going to actually have a, a you know a, a ten foot flaming pentagram in the middle of the street? Is this is this our best choice? Um, and as sixteen year old boys, you know, tend to do, you know, before they do something, you know, immensely stupid, we all kind of stared at each other for a minute, not sure who was going to you know do it. Um, moment of perfect honesty with you folks. Um, this has been so long ago. Um, and I've told this story several times that in, and with a couple of different variations that I honestly can't remember exactly who it was that lit it. Um, in some versions of the story, I'm the one that does it cause I want to, you know, take all the glory and credit. Uh, in other versions, it's one of my friends that, that, you know, finally, you know, built up the courage to do it. Um, in any case, uh, one of us, you know, took, took a, the book of matches we carried with us at all times. Uh, you know, I carried around a book of matches and a Zippo lighter, even though I wouldn't start smoking for another three years. I like setting stuff on fire. You can't do that if you don't have something to start fire with. Uh, one of us lit a match and dropped it uh, in one of the, you know, the points of the star, one of the vertices, vertices that, that intersect the circle. Um, and it hit, and it flared up blue, 
and the flames raced out in all directions along the paths. Um, like you said, it was it was a thing to be, it was a thing to behold. It was it was quite beautiful. Um, just the 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 way it rippled out um, evenly and dispersed around and, and caught fire uh, was was just 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 really good, cool looking. Um, and so there we are, the five of us standing around this, just sort of in awe of it. Um, and the thing with engine starter fluid is, is that uh, it, it creates a beautiful blue flame. But what you should also know is that it creates a beautiful blue, long-lasting flame. Um, if you take just like Zippo lighter fluid and set it on fire, it'll flare up. Or, or like, like the stuff you use to start charcoal, uh, you know, charcoal briquette lighter fluid. It'll flare up, and then it'll kind of put itself out. Um, you know, it's not really there to burn long on its own. It's there to be on a wick or charcoal, something that it will then catch fire, and then the fluid, you know, burns away. Uh, not so with engine starter fluid. That stuff catches, and it, it, it keeps going. Um, and again, it's been a while since this happened. And it was one of those moments where, you know, time sort of, eh, maybe doesn't stand still, but it definitely slows down. So I may be wrong on my estimate of how long it actually stayed ablaze, uh, but it was a good long while. Long enough for us to all stand there and be like, whoa, for what seemed like a long time. Hey, gang. It's uh, the point in the podcast where it seems appropriate to throw in an advertisement. Um strange thing about that, I don't really have any actual advertisements as I don't currently have any sponsors. Um, so I've got to get all my, uh, my publicity and so forth done by word of mouth. Quick question for you. Do you have a mouth? Um, follow-up question. Do you like the podcast? Um, if you answered yes to both of these, um, how about you, uh, let me use your mouth that was awkwardly stated, and I apologize. Uh, let me rephrase that. What I could use uh, in terms of support is for you to, you know, tell other people what you think of the podcast and, and how you feel um, and encourage them to listen. Um, you know, tell a friend or two. Tell your family. Um, tell the folks at work. Uh, somebody that, you know, you think might enjoy listening to me ramble on about miscellaneous whatnots. Uh, you know, just let them know. Um, you tell them personally um, about the podcast and guide them towards it. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, it's real easy for you to pass that along. Every time I drop an episode, uh, I tweet it out. You can just retweet that guy um, and tell your whole you know, social networks uh, all about it. Um, I'm not really on Facebook much, so I don't put this on Facebook, but if you are a person that's on Facebook... You can put my little piece on Facebook uh, and point folks towards the podcast. Um, all of those things would be wonderful. Um, the other thing that you can do is to, you know, go to uh, the Apple Podcasts app or website or what have you and uh, give me a rating. Um, obviously, I would prefer five stars, but I also would prefer you be honest. Um, some sort of rating would be a good thing. Um, and if you're feeling, you know, especially... Um, spiffy, you can go in there and, uh, you know, do, do a quick review, uh, let people know 
what you think of the podcast or, or why they should also be, be enjoying the podcast. Uh, and that would be swell. Um, so I think I've rattled on long enough in terms of an ad. Uh, I imagine some of you have hit the forward button to try and skip past this already. And I can't say as I blame you. Uh, but for those of you that stuck around, you know, for the entirety of this, uh, I want to thank you. I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate all that you do for me in getting the word out there. Um, back to the podcast. So, beautiful, long-lasting, blue-flaming planogram in the middle of the street. Um, so we're all standing around the circle, taking it in. There may have been some oohs and ahs. Hard to say. Uh, but the odd tranquility of the moment um, was to be disturbed. Um, like I said, this was more or less right in front of Ron's house, which, you know, may not have been our best plan. Uh, but it is about this time that we hear the rattling of a doorknob. Because mind you, Martin's Ferry on a Friday night, section of town we were in, it's not exactly, you know, as I said, the hoppin' hot spot. It was, it was extremely quiet. You could hear, you know, a pin drop. So when we start, started to hear a door open, we all kind of, you know, our hearts seized for a second, and we look, and sure enough, it's Ron's front door. So, as you do when you're a, a group of young men <laughs> standing around a fire you just created in the middle of the street, uh, it becomes immediately uh, urgent to um, try and put that thing out as quickly as you can. And, you know, in the absence of, you know, some sort of, you know, fire extinguisher or something, which of course we didn't have, uh, your first option is to start stomping on the flames in hopes that that, you know, puts them out. So, more or less simultaneously, um, all five of us start stomping our feet, you know, on, on the flames, um, which is, of course, accompanied with a bunch of, you know, swearing and, ooh, uh, ah, oh, jeez, ooh, mm, we need to, mm, ah, you know, sort of a thing. Um, like I said, it's a big... It's a big sort of a uh, pentagram. Uh, you can't just, you know, a couple of stomps and it goes. You've got to, you know, hit a spot and then move along to the next spot and, and kind of go that way. Uh, and, you know, it, it's all just sort of, you know, instinctual gut reaction that these things happen. The stomping and the, the, the grunting and, and noise making and so forth. Uh, it didn't dawn on us uh, really until after the fact. Um that from the perspective of Ron's mom, who walked out the front door, uh, exactly what this looked like, and, and in, in case you've not pieced it together, uh, imagine you're Ron's mom, you, you know that, you know, a bunch of the boys, uh, are going to get together, uh, at your house, and, and play some Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you know that that time is about, is, you know, it's, it's getting close to the time that, that they said they were going to show up, um, Maybe you hear some noises outside. Maybe you just, 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 you know, noticed that those noises suddenly got really quiet. Um, 
and so you you know you, you're just gonna pop outside to see you know what's going on. Uh, you open the door to find five of your son's friends standing around a flaming pentagram in the middle of the street, which they are then dancing around and making grunting noises and swearing loudly and and sort of dancing in a circle, stomping about the flames. Um, I'm pretty sure that says dark ritual uh, to you, um, and, and, and rightly so. Um, our choruses of, of swearing and dancing were, needless to say, interrupted by, you know, her uh, choruses of swearing and, you know, what the hell is wrong with you boys, what the heck are you doing, etc., etc., um, and luckily, the, you know, the, the, the fire did, in fact, you know, go out, quick, you know, quickly enough. Um, so that, you know, it, you know it, it went out, and we were all kind of standing there, you know, because you, you can't really run, you know. It's, it's, it's not like, if you're, if you're a young person and you're, you're doing some, some minor acts of vandalism and somebody busts you, you know, and it's, you know, at some random location where the people don't know you, you know, you could just bolt and, and hope that, you know, no one got a good look at you, etc., etc. Um, no, 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 this is, we all know Ron's mom, and she knows all of us and who we are and what we were, you know, planning to do there and what we had just done, so you kind of have to just stand there and take it. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we got ourselves a, a good holler in that uh, for a, a good long while there. Um, Thankfully, it, like I said, it was dark, um, but, you know, we, we, we got given what for, um, and sent on our merry way, um, you know, for, for good reason, um, and really, I imagine, to the benefit of all, uh, we did not get to hang out at Ron's and, and do the all-night, uh, gaming session that we had initially hoped for, um, she, I'm sure, did not want us around and was going to have some choice words for her, her son and his choice of friends. Um, for our part, I think we were all happy to not stay in the house uh, that we <laughs> that we had just, you know, done that in front of and caused the awkward unpleasantness with his mother and have to, you know, be in close proximity to her and her wrath for an extended period. Um, so after, you know, getting chewed out but good, uh, we all kind of, you know, loaded back up in cars and, and, and moved along. Um, I can't remember exactly how it played out, if we all ended up just going to somebody else's house, or if we, you know, dispersed and, and went home. Um, I, I honestly don't remember if there were, was gaming that night, or we all just, you know, fled and hoped that no one, no one else's parents were going to get, you know, nasty calls, etc. Um, Ron never did show up the, the time we were there. I don't know if he was delayed or what, but, you know, he didn't even get to show up, you know, at the tail end of the hollering. He, he, he must have shown up, got out of work, got home after we'd already gone. Um, and again, this is, you know, this is in an era pre-internet, pre-cell phones, pre-texting, um, you know, and... Obviously, he could not call me because, you know, in absence of a cell phone, all you have is the house phone. Um, and 
he didn't know if I was likely to be home or if my parents still thought I was staying at Ron's. And if he call, if Ron calls you and you're supposed to be at his house, that's, you know, a bit problematic. Um, so we didn't get the full, you know, report of the after effects until, uh, the following day. It might've even been, you know, the following Monday at school. Um, but he, you know, reiterated that his mother was none too pleased with that situation. Um, and you know, that he got an earful from it, um, and he was none too pleased with the, uh, the situation. Um, Ron's sort of an odd duck in that, you know, he was, he was, um, he was a, a rebellious youth like the rest of us, um, but a little more straight-laced than, than several of us. Um, he did not normally take part in any sort of, you know, fire setting that we did or, or some of the other, um, minor transgressions or, or, you know, lesser misdemeanors that we would, uh, we would do, um, you know, he, he kept his, his, his rebellion, uh, a little, little closer on the side of, you know, within legal bounds, uh, sort of a deal. Um, so, you know, obviously he was upset that, you know, we, we pissed off his mom and he had to hear an earful, but he also wasn't real keen that we, you know, set a giant fire in front of his house or that, you know, it was a pentagram, etc., etc. Um, interesting and unforeseen side effect, um, of the engine starter fluid street pentagram. Um, what many people don't know, um, and frankly, I didn't even understand the science of this until years later, um, when I, you know, studied and practiced materials science, uh, with the Navy. Um, Asphalt, uh, which is what, you know, most streets are paved with, um, is, is made of a, you know, bituminous material. You've got tar, you've got your, your various aggregates, um, to keep it together. Uh, you know, and that, that's what makes asphalt. That's what makes blacktop. Um, funny thing is, is when you're, you know, formulating asphalt, if you need to have it be thinner, if you need to break it down, um, Petroleum products um, sort of act as a thinner, or, or you know, sort of act to break down bituminous materials. Um, so, like, if uh, you know, if you're painting a thing, um, and you need to get the paint off, you use you know acetone or or paint thinner or something like that. Uh, gasoline acts that way on asphalt. Um, so, in addition to that evening having a giant 10-foot pentagram on fire in the middle of the street, um, the incidental side effect is that the petroleum-based super flammable engine starter fluid that we used um, also interacted with the, the asphalt uh, of the street in front of Ron's, such that not only did we burn a pentagram uh, in fire, but we burnt a pentagram into the street, uh, 
the next day, and as I understand it, for you know some period of weeks afterward, um, <coughs> you could see the giant pentagram in the street because it had etched into the asphalt uh, where it had been burning um, and where the, the chemical reaction sort of broke down the asphalt, um, which acted as a lasting reminder of why we were jackasses and why her mom or why Ron's mom would be pissed at us and by extension why Ron was less than happy with us because you know they now lived in, on Pentagram Street um, again I find it shocking that nothing ever came of that uh, because it's entirely possible that uh, my mom has never heard of you know, the flaming pentagram, uh, until now, if she listens to this episode, um, I don't, I, I gotta think that had someone contacted her, you know, I would have heard all about it back in the day, and again, rightly so, uh, <laughs> you know, fully justified, I absolutely would deserve it, but the fact that I never heard anything from it makes me think that no one ever said anything to her about it, um, to which, uh, you know, props to Ron's mom for not selling me out, I guess. Um, as an adult now and as a parent, I, I don't know that I would necessarily be that cool, uh, or, or sort of dedicated to the preservation of, a, a another young boy's quote unquote freedom. Um, there is sort of a, you know, a bond, an unspoken agreement amongst parents that, you know, I got your back, and if your kid's doing something that I don't think you're into, I'll let you know, um, that I can kind of get behind, um, that was apparently not in play, uh, at that stage, um, I guess the bigger part that strikes me as odd is that it never... It never came up anywhere. I would think that... Because I went by later. Um, you know, we didn't go to Ron's and hang out for a few weeks after the event. Um, not necessarily because we were banned, but because we just knew it was going to be awkward. And maybe we should, you know, let that... <laughs> let that blow over before we showed our faces again. Um, but, you know, one of my pastimes when I wasn't hanging out with the boys was strap on some headphones and go walk around, walk all over town, um, and just, you know, stretch my legs and listen to music and whatever, um, and even if I weren't going to Ron's house, you know, his street was one of the paths I would take when I was out and about walking, uh, so I saw the etched pentagram, um, out there, and it was, it was, you know, it was not subtle, um, I find it hard to believe that in Martin's Ferry, on a, you know, public street with, you know, all kinds of houses because it's not like Ron's house was just all on its own or in some cul-de-sac like, it's you know, the way the houses are, it's you know, house, 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 there's maybe you know, three, four feet in between each of them they're, they're, they're packed together uh, pretty closely, so you know, I gotta think within easy view of the giant street pentagram, there were at least 10, 15 houses within eye shot of it that you, you couldn't have missed it. Um, and yet, nothing 
seems to have been reported. No inquiries seem to have been made, at least none that made it as far as me. Um, I was going to say, I would expect something like that to be on the local news. But then again, at that age, I never watched the local news. Maybe it was on the local news and no one, you know, thought anything of it because I didn't watch the news. I'm pretty sure none of my friends watched the news. Um, I kind of feel like if Ron's mom watched the news and saw that, that, you know, that would have re resuscitated the, the hollerings. Um, but like if my parents had seen the news, I don't know that they would have recognized that as Ron's street or in front of his house or anything like, a, you know, but it just didn't, that nothing was ever said about it. Um, like I said, I think maybe a month or so passed, um, before we finally, you know, got the balls enough to go back to Ron's house and, we, I, I do remember we all went there sort of together as a unit, the, the, the five of us that were, you know, part of this, um, and very specifically showed up when his mom was there and we all, you know, stood there with our, you know, heads, heads hung in shame and, you know, muttered our teenage, we're really sorry we, we did that, that was, that was stupid and wrong and we're really sorry kind of a thing, uh, you know, times five, um, and, you know, she got over it, and it was all good, it all worked out fine, but, uh, just, you know, another tale of, of young, young stupidity, and setting shit on fire, because that's, you know, what I did back in the day, um, just thought I'd share that with y'all, um, Again, I hope you enjoyed the story. Uh, I also hope that none of you attempt to recreate the story, um, as it's not going to do you any good. Um, it's, 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 it's not worth it. Um, and I'll also say that if any of you do decide to recreate the story, I told you not to. I take no responsibility. Uh, don't do it. Um, it's, it's vandalism. It's arson. It's a terrible idea, and you should not do it. But, uh, I hope you enjoyed the telling, um, and, uh, you know, if you have anything you'd like to add or questions, uh, feel free to, uh, reach out to me. Um, this has been another one of, uh, Todd's Tales of His Youth. Uh, thank you all for joining me. Uh, until next time, I hope you have a good one. And that's it.